You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Happy Monday, Acadiana. Welcome to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, the Southwest Louisiana sports station. Matt Miguez here. James Mesh sits uh, across from me for the first time in a long time. James, I'm glad that I could could cure your cure your loneliness. Uh, what's going on, bud? Not too much. Glad you're finally back in studio. I'm sh- I'm sure you enjoyed your time at let le triomphe le triomphe le le triomphe. But I- I'm sure you're glad to be back in studio. Yeah, you know. R- Live live shows are fun. Uh, you know, you get to interact with a whole new. You get to interact with people more um, from from a live show perspective. But there's just something about the comfort of of being in studio of James Mesh. Uh, <laughs> God, I, I walked into that one. Yeah, you did. Um, before we tell you what's going on with the show today, we have a poll question up on our Twitter page. You know, we always we always make jokes about which one of us has the better hair. On this show, so we decided to let you guys decide. So head over to the Twitter page. Who has the better hair on Crunch Time? Is it Miguez or is it Mesh? So far, only four votes are in. Seventy-five percent of you say James Mesh, and that's just unacceptable. Smart people. That's just not okay. <laughs> it, it, it's not okay. Uh, that is a lie. That is fabricated, and I will not stand for it. I could tell by what you what you tweeted. <laughs> I, I did quote tweet it and say vote for me, and then I tagged James and said James can't win. I, I smelt a little bit of desperation early on. <laughs> Big show today, crazy day in sports. It seems like the last you know two weeks have just been you know full of full of headlines. Jameis Winston returning to the Saints on a two year, twenty eight million dollar deal. LSU men's basketball could have their guy. Multiple reports coming out that Matt McMahon from Murray State is next in line to take over the Tigers. We have LSU baseball talk as they only won one out of three at home against Texas A&M this weekend. LSU women's basketball second round game of March Madness from the PMAC tonight against Ohio State. Matthew Bruni will join us at 4.30 to talk about that. UL softball continuing their Sunbelt Conference dominance. 66 consecutive Sunbelt Series wins. In case you needed further you know, confirmation, that is the longest series win streak in the country. UL baseball took a road trip to Troy this weekend. And let's just say it didn't go very well. Like at all. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about McNeese. They had a home series with Eastern Illinois that also didn't go very well. And uh, we'll take your phone calls, as always, on the game hotline, 706-0111. And also at 530, Jake Madison from Locked on Pels will come on to talk to Pelicans. Big win last night to secure to get themselves in the ninth seed and further keep their hopes up of a shot at the playoffs. 
So before we go to the Jameis Winston, while we're talking about Pels, real quick, James, if the Pelicans can get out of the play-in and make the playoff, do we see Zion Williamson this season? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. I don't. They already shut him down for the regular season, which is just ten games left. Why would you open him no, back up? I mean, I I agree. Why would you? But I'm just saying, if couldn't couldn't you see them going that route? If they do that, I'm be very disappointed. Just you're not because at best, or I guess yeah, at best, you would be the seven or eight seed, and so you'd be playing. The Grizzlies or the Suns? Like, God, do, do you they... re- do you really think that you're gonna win a seven game series when the level of play turns up in the playoffs? I get it. They they've been on surge. They've been on the right track, but it's not worth risking Zion still trying to rush him back. You see, maybe maybe it's just because I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to the NBA this year. I didn't realize the Grizzlies were second in the West. Yeah. <laughs> It's John Morant's been going crazy. That's that's why Ray's talked so much about hindsight. Should just got jaw. Should have got jaw. It's hey, like, you know, well, I yeah, was, hindsight is twenty twenty. I was one of those guys that you know Zion was obviously like the name, right? Yeah, but it's, I, it's I was just somebody you people, couldn't skip out on. I was one of those people that if we would have drafted Jaw number one overall that year, I wouldn't have been mad. And clearly, I wouldn't have been mad because of of what he's doing in the NBA now. Uh, Matt McMahon knows something about what Jean Morant can do. It's just weird because you would you would have had to have traded Lonzo at that point because you can't have two point guards and neither of them really great at shooting <laughs> per se. So you would have to you would have if you're gonna draft Jaw, you're obviously gonna trade Lonzo, and Lonzo still at the time it didn't at that time be what he is now. Right. So his trade value would have been a lot lower than what the Pels had for him, which even then was still undervalued. But I, I get it. If if you wanted to trade Lonzo and then get Jaw instead of Zion, have Jaw and Brandon Ingram, that'd be interesting. And we, at that point, we don't know where this would be, and potentially the Pels wouldn't have CJ right now if that's the case. That's very true. That's very that's very true. Obviously, like I mentioned, we will get into Pelicans a little bit more in depth with Jake Madison at 5.30. Jameis Winston, a two-year, $28 million deal with $21 million of it guaranteed. $14 million a year is actually probably a good spot for Jameis because the quarterback market started to shrink a little bit. Deshaun Watson came off the board on Friday going to Cleveland. Matt Ryan traded to Indy this morning. You know, Baker Mayfield's future still up in limbo. The Falcons have since acquired Marcus Mariota. So, to an extent, Jameis had some leverage, but not really, right? I don't don't really think he had much leverage at this point because as the QBs and the teams that were supposedly interested in Jameis went down, yeah, it's like, your, well, your market your market starts to shrink a little bit. It's like, well, it seems like the Saints only want me at this point, so uh, give me a decent enough contract. I'm not asking for even the average because average is around is over twenty at this point. Yeah, 
and and for this contract, it's only fourteen with twenty one being guaranteed. So over the interesting, two years. interesting statistics on Jameis Winston from a year ago. Now, keep in mind, he only played seven games. He did finish the year with fourth in the league in QBR. He did finish seventh. He finished ninth in the league in play success rate, seventh in passer rating, and first in the league in touchdown percentage. With Jameis on the field, the Saints averaged 25.1 points per game. Without him, 18.8. Lost the whole touchdown. And 25, that's middle of the road. I think a little higher up on the scale when it comes to NFL teams' points per game average. And you got to remember, they were doing that. This is still earlier in the year, but they were still doing that with Marquez Callaway being the number one. Yeah. And without Traquan Smith. So because he didn't get Traquan until week six. And I know I sat here Friday <laughs> and pushed for Baker and said Baker was was going to be a great pickup. And you know what? I still I still stand by that. I thought that if we'd have gone out and gotten Baker today, that it would have been a great pickup. I, I don't I don't disagree with myself on on that stance. However, I am intrigued to see Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas all on the field together. Because we haven't seen it yet. We'll probably have to wait till second half of the season, but that that's fine. All right. Thanks, James. I'm just being realistic. You really think Alvin Kamara is going to get suspended half the season, even if he doesn't face criminal charges? There is a potential, but you also got to remember – Jameis is still recovering, and he suffered it midway through the year. So, oh, Jameis will be back to start the year. I would hope so, but there is the potential just in case. Oh man! So, out of out of Trevor Simeon and Ian Book, well, Trevor Simeon's not even well, not not even Trevor Simeon. Ian Book and Taysom Hill, who starts? You start you start Taysom right. Go get go get Fitzmagic really quick. Go get Fitz, yeah on on a short on a short term deal. Yeah, we'll pay you in uh, beard oil. <laughs> beard oil. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was good. That was really good. That was on the spot too. Oh man, that was impressive. That was impressive. Um, yeah, I I don't know that that's. That's interesting. I, I never considered, you know, Jameis not being available because, you know, typically recovery time for an ACL is is a full year. But guys, and, we've, and we've seen guys like guys have the been field. coming back in six, seven months. Oh, well, I mean, with Quan, that was nine months, but that was an Achilles. So it's which a, for an Achilles, nine months is fast. Yeah, usually Achilles is a little more than a year. But ACL is roughly now. Nowadays, people are starting to come back at a, a 10, 11 months. So he and, could he could be back. And seven to games start season. Seven games in. That was what October. Yeah, the end of October. He he got injured Halloween on Halloween. Okay, so it's been six months at this point, and you still have five months until the season. Well, it's been five months thus far. Oh yeah, Halloween. You're right, October. So it, it, five so pretty, months. So pretty much starting. You still have six months. So eleven months by the time the season starts since he's been hurt. 
Yeah, he could he could be back in time just for the like at the start of the regular season, but he wouldn't be able to really do much of training camp, and he's definitely not going to be able to do mini camp. And I don't think they're and they're not going to put him out there for preseason. So his first action would be if he were to start early would be week one. Yeah, but I I still don't fully know if he's going to be ready for week one. We still don't know. It's still it's still too early to tell. We'll see. But I think that the Saints got Jameis on a very team friendly deal because uh, now since you since you missed out on Deshaun Watson, you still have you you've got your quarterback. You signed Jameis Winston. And you have all of your draft assets that you were going to trade for Deshaun Watson. And you still have about $17 million in cap space to play with. Now, it's likely that the Saints do not resign Teron Armstead with this move. Uh, Teron Armstead meeting with Miami today. Saints would receive a, a third round compensatory pick. If, if that deal does go through, so you still have to beef up the O line, and you need a solid wide receiver number two option. Does Jarvis come home? I saw Browns were interested in bringing him back. Oh, Weirdly enough, God, how <laughs> how are you gonna cut a guy? Get your franchise QB, which by the way, on the franchise QB, and good for you. But and then, you got and the then, but you got the wide receiver one now in Amari Cooper. And then call yeah, got Amari Cooper, and then like ah, Jarvis, Juice, come back, buddy. Bud. We got you straight my, up in the slot, my You're friend. Come back. Well, the Saints aren't really interested in the in in Jarvis. I've for, I'm seeing from reports. Well, they should be, because if you're not throwing to Michael Thomas forty times a game, who are you throwing to? Because I'm sorry, say what you I I think Marquez Marquez Callaway and Lil Jordan Humphrey are talented receivers, but they're not ready to take on the number two spot. Callaway needs to be the number three. Hardy needs to be the four. Yeah, he needs to be in a slot spot. He needs to be in the four spot with some with his main thing being the return man. Right. And he gets on the field every once in a while to make like a magic play. And but, and and Traquan Smith needs to leave, which I believe he will because with that was a bust and a half. With Carmichael, he's more of a passing guy, so you don't really need Traquan Smith if you really if you really enjoyed him that much, only for his blocking, and you're not going to use him on the outside, right? Like, there's no point in having Traquan you gotta, Smith back. You gotta go sign a solid. Number two. So, solid number two. And then draft a wide receiver, I would say, in the second or third round. Unless you just absolutely love Jamison Williams or Chris Olave. Or Garrett Wilson. Or Garrett Wilson. or uh, Garrett Wilson's a name that's been tied to the Saints multiple times since the combine. I'm fine, with, I'm fine with it. I just, for me, and I, I just know with Saints history, they generally go line or defensive back unless it's that well we Robert Meacham Brandon we don't Cooks. need a DB we don't it wouldn't hurt to get another safety not in the first round but I'm talking about just getting another yeah, safety maybe, in maybe a late round or sign or, 
or sign another one. Right. Because they I don't think they technically have. But I, I'm talking about starters. You don't you don't need another starting safety. No, because you have May. He's coming back from that Achilles. You've got which he suffered midway through the season. So you'd be hoping he'd be ready for week one. Right. And then you got Malcolm Jenkins. You still have Malcolm Jenkins. You still have C D Deuce. You got yeah. Adebo and Lattimore on the outside. You got Bradley Roby back. Yep. Getting getting two more safeties would be really good because you only want JT Gray to be on the special teams. You don't right. want him out of coverage. Right. You want to go get a backup free safety. Try. Hopefully, you can get PJ Williams back. But I wouldn't be surprised if. But if you he ask, finally leaves. If you ask me right now, that's priority number three. Safety. Say DBs is priority number three. Yeah. You got to beef up the line. You got to get a second receiver. Yes. That's got to get done. Whether it's free agency or the draft, those two stops have to be made. Have to. No doubt. No question about it. Because the thing is with with Dennis Allen, his specialty is actually the secondary. Right. And that's why they kept Ryan, Nies- Ryan Nielsen because he's really good with the defensive line. And that's why they kept Chris Richard because he's also good with the defensive backs and, de- and defense in general. So I'm not worried about this defense. Even if they don't get like oh, a no. high name. Like, just go get another safety in the draft and then sign one. We're still a top five defense in the league. And the linebackers, even without Quan, I got to see. I want to see Pete step up. Hopefully, yep. he can handle that, unlike Adam Trotman did this year. But it, I mean, it's two completely different positions. So I think if they go get another depth piece for the linebackers, I think that would be really good for them. Yeah. But that's more four or five on the priority list. Right. We'll take timeout number one right here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. And when we come back, LSU found their coaching replacement rather quickly. We'll fill you in on Matt McMahon, the former leader of the Murray State Racers. When we come back right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, it's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game, Southwest Louisiana sports station wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two whole sacks of live crawfish, a pot and a burner, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. So sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Thank you, James. Welcome back to Crush Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Multiple reports are out that state Matt McMahon, the former Murray State head coach, will take over the LSU men's basketball program. McMahon spent seven seasons at Murray State, bringing them four regular season championships in the Ohio Valley Conference. Won the conference tournament three times, which means three appearances in the NCAA tournament. Most recently, this year, where they went to the round of 32 and lost to St. Peter's. Who isn't going to lose to St. Peter's? 
St. Peter's about to win the national championship. And when they do, you heard it here first. Just saying. Um, looking at his win-loss records at Murray State, he won 20-plus games four out of his seven years. Uh, there was a three-year stretch from 2017 to 2020 where he went 26-6, and 28-5, and five, and 23-9, and nine, respectively. And then this season at Murray State, 31-3. and 31-3. Um, one of the guys most notably known for McMahon's coaching tutelage is Memphis Grizzlies star guard Jean Morant, uh, who spent two years under McMahon at Murray State and just absolutely dominated in his time at Murray State, went to the NCAA tournament, and in their first round game, the NCAA tournament in 2019, played a good Marquette team. And dropped a triple double. Now, dropping a triple double in college is impressive. Dropping a triple double in an NCAA tournament game? That's freaky. That's freaky. Uh, details of the contract have not yet been released because there has not been an official announcement from LSU, but according to multiple sources on social media, the deal will be long-term to accommodate the pending punishment from the NCAA for the Will Wade scandal. Um, Now, granted, in in my opinion, I don't think that the program itself is going to get hit nearly as hard as Will Wade and Bill Armstrong will. But the the program is not going to go away unscathed. Uh, I predict probably a scholarship reduction and a one, maybe two-year NCAA tournament ban, uh, which would give McMahon just enough time to put his recruits in Baton Rouge and make it make it his own club, make it his own team, um, which is which is probably part of of the plan. So his time at Murray State 154 and 67 was a win percentage of right under 70%. 70% in 7 years. That's pretty impressive. Uh so LSU after firing Will Wade, they seem to have found a replacement and I don't know. It seems it seems to be a good one. James, what are your thoughts? Murray, I mean Murray State's Matt yep. McMahon. I yep. mean, I'm not mad at it. Whenever I was hearing Jory talk about him because I didn't know a lot about him, I was like, okay, yeah. He he did really good at Murray State, and then he's already got the experience. He already dipped his toes in SEC when he was with Tennessee. So yep. he kind of already has an idea of what he needs to do to make sure that this program succeeds. And not to mention, how could I not go against what Scott Woodward's doing? I mean, he's gotten so far a home run higher with Kim Mulkey. She's been amazing. Jay Johnson, the book is still on him, but it's looked pretty good thus far. I mean, new coaches, you kind of expect there to be a little little here and there where it's going to be a little rocky to start off, and we haven't seen Brian Kelly yet, but these all feel like it's been home run hires, so how am I supposed to go against that, especially with all the signs that we've seen thus far of why wouldn't it succeed? Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Looking at some of McMahon's accomplishments, like I mentioned, three, four-time Ohio Valley Conference regular season champ, three-time tournament champ. He was this year's 
Ohio Valley Conference Coach of the Year. And he looking at his 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 resume, he has spent some time at at some solid programs. You know, James, you mentioned he was a grad assistant at Tennessee. Uh, he spent nine seasons as an assistant at App State, which was is where he played college basketball. Spent time at UNC Wilmington, and then has been at Murray State in some capacity since 2011. From 2011 to 2015, he was an assistant, took over as head coach in 2015, and he has been there ever since. So a impressive hire by Scott Woodward and the LSU athletic department. We'll see what kind of punishment they receive from the NCAA. And again, like I said, I think it's a good hire. It'll be interesting to see what he's able to accomplish. It's a big jump from the Ohio Valley Conference to the big dogs of the SEC. We'll take a timeout right here, and when we come back, Matthew Bruni of 24-7 Sports will join us to preview LSU women's basketball. they got a big second-round game tonight in the PMAC against Ohio State. And Kim Mulkey is the GOAT for buying students tickets so that they can go for free. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Man, you got to keep your bracket going strong. And right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers $150 in instant bonus guaranteed. That's right. You'll get $150 in bonus site credit. And all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. And how you bet is just completely up to you. You can choose between the money line, the totals, prop bets, and so much more. St. Peter's right now is my newest Cinderella since I am out on Loyola Chicago, honestly, and rooting for them to win it all. So go Peacock. Plus with cash out, the ball's in your court. So you can close out your bet at any point before the game ends. Join FanDuel today with promo code KLWB to bet $5 to score $150 in bonus site credit guaranteed. That's promo code KLWB on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You must be 21 older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and would like some help, call 1-877-770-STOP. You know, every time somebody talks about St. Peter's, uh, thank you to social media for this one. I go back to the other guys with uh with Mark Wahlberg and Will Farrell and and Mark Wahlberg's in the in the police house. I'm a peacock and you have to let me fly. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's time to talk some LSU women's basketball now. And to do that is LSU reporter from 24-7 sports. Mr. Matthew Bruni. Matthew, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, that was a great reference to, to the other guys there. Uh, so I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, that 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 gif has been has been flying around social media over the last couple of days with this with this historic Cinderella run that that St. Peter's is on. You know, talking about talking about big runs. 
LSU Kim Mulkey and her and her team are starting to to slowly put one together. Uh, but they've got a they've got a tough challenge tonight with uh, with Ohio State. They are a offensive juggernaut. Uh, what can you tell us about this matchup? Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting on that side of the ball because we saw LSU really struggle against Jackson State to to contain them. Jackson State went on that run in the third quarter to 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 jump in front to to, to really uh, cut into the the deficit, and then in the fourth quarter jump in front and really give LSU a scare there at home. And so, you know, you wonder if LSU is going to be able to uh, lock up and, you know, keep this Ohio State offense in, in front of them. Um, I do feel a little bit more comfort, comfortable after watching Ohio State and Missouri State play in that uh, 6-11 matchup, and Missouri State almost pulled it out. Um, so I think if LSU plays its game and plays to its potential, I, I think they'll be okay. You know, looking at the stats, LSU does score more points per game than the Buckeyes, 74.2 to 65.6. And LSU is 17-3 and on the year when they score 66 or more. So, you know, obviously the game plan, that this goes without saying, to score more points than the other team, right? But what's the mindset if you're LSU – for, for this game tonight, do you, do you focus more on your offensive ability and and hope that you know your defense can slow them down, or do you slow them down and hope your offense comes as a result of that? Yeah. So the biggest thing with this team right now is the status of Alexis Morris, and I think that dictates pretty much everything. Because without her, I mean, I don't even consider her. I, I mean, she played you know minutes down the stretch uh, against Jackson State, but she was not a hundred percent. And without her at 100, percent this all this team's offense takes a significant step back in a lot of areas. Um, so I think it comes down to the defense side of the ball. You have to hold them to you know 65 points or so, and give it to give yourself a shot. Um, because without Alexis Morris, the buckets are not as easy to come from as we've seen really throughout the past couple weeks without her. So hopefully she's getting back closer to 100%, if they can just get 20 minutes of her at 90% or so, I think that's huge for the team because she came in and made all the clutch free throws down the stretch, but she just couldn't find that shooting touch, which is which is understandable. You mentioned Alexis Morris, you know, 15.5 points per game, four rebounds, right about three assists. You know, do you have an update on, on her injury status? Is she going to be, you know, more available for Kim Mulkey tonight? Yeah, that's the expectation. The whole, the hope is, and the whole thing is that she's been rehabbing basically the past you know month. Uh, she hasn't even been practicing for most of the time. She's just been straight rehab, rehab, rehab to get to where she she can go. Um, she's been doing individual work for the most part, but uh, the the hope is that I, I expect her to come off the bench again as uh, she did last uh, last game where Ryan Payne started. And Ryan Payne played pretty well too, not to discredit her, but uh, Alexis Morris is. If nothing else, adds that depth and gives you that fourth guard, so that way they, the three guards don't have to do so much. Um, and yeah, so so I expect her to come off the bench again. Hopefully, like I said, give her about 20, 20 minutes or so. I think that'd be be huge for the team, even sixteen to twenty minutes. I'm talking with Matthew Bruni of Two Four Seven Sports. Matthew, let's talk about you know the the PMAC as a as a as a whole. Kim Mulkey buying 
numerous amount of tickets. The amount obviously was undisclosed for students tonight. With with that yeah. many with that many students being able to go to the game for free, you know what kind of environment are, are you guys expecting in the PMAC tonight? Well, the whole season, Mulkey and Mulkey is very aware that women's basketball doesn't draw students, you know, to the same level as the men's. Obviously, so she said time and time again, you know, the target audience is families, it's older folks, you know, um, so it's that kind of dem- uh, demographic that they're chart targeting and they've done an amazing job of getting those people out um but it is a different atmosphere when you get the coaches out or not coaches, uh, players um students out there um and so that's what they're hoping to get just the extra rowdiness out, out. but i thought the environment for the jackson state game was really really good really impressive it was loud especially when they made that comeback in the fourth it was a lot of fun i mean you're not going to find many places that support women's basketball at this level, the way that they have this year. Obviously, years past, it's been different. But this year, what they're doing, I think they were third in the SEC in attendance. And it's it's really, really impressive what they've done for, for the women's basketball program. 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN2, LSU 26-5 and five on the year, facing six-seed Ohio State 24-6 and six for the Buckeyes. You know, talking about Kim Mulkey, Matthew, the the videos that came from her press conference Saturday night uh, of her singing, you know, be, being in that environment and and you know getting to be around her more than most. What is what is Kim Mulkey like off the court? She's 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 hilarious. <laughs> she's a character. I mean, she she does wear her heart and her emotions on her sleeve. So you know, if somebody watches the press conferences you get a pretty good idea of what she is, especially at the end where she starts getting restless and she starts singing and starts having fun. Um, but no, she is just a bunch of energy really. And that's, you can tell obviously when she's on the sidelines that that's, that's what she's like. But when she's around her players, when she's around the media, when she's around anybody, she'll joke. Um, she's just a lot of fun to cover from my perspective. And I can only speak to my perspective, but it looks like the players are also having a lot of fun, obviously, but it's just, it's incredible to see the amount of energy that she has on a daily basis and, you know, the, the confidence that she has and that she gives her team uh, every day. Matthew Bruni of 247 Sports. Matthew, i got two more questions for you, one more about women's basketball, and then I've got to get your thoughts on the men's basketball news. But, you know, obviously Alexis Morris coming back is, is a big, you know, factor tonight. But outside of that, in your opinion, what's the X factor? Uh, for the Tigers tonight? Um, I, I, I'll i go inside. I'll go to the front court. I think Faustina Fula played really well um, on defense uh, and, and offense at times against Jackson State. Uh, Autumn Newby had kind of a quieter game of sorts. I think if they can get Newby going a bit and have that one-two punch on the inside, they are very, very difficult to beat because those two are really good defenders. So um, Ohio State might stretch them out a bit at times, but I think offensively, if those two can shoot an efficient percentage, I think that they'll end up getting the win. Because I don't like having to rely on, you know, the guards to to make jump shots at times. You know, sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't, like Jalen Cherry uh, last game. I really want them to establish that inside presence with Faustina Fula and uh, Autumn Newby. Men's basketball now, uh, multiple reports coming out that Matt McMahon from Murray State is going to be the new guy for the Tigers. You know what are your what are your thoughts on that hire, and um, 
you know, what are your what are your thoughts on just the the state of the program as a whole? Yeah, so we we had heard about McMahon, uh, especially obviously once Murray State lost, and you know we all know about Murray State, we all know about John Moran, we all know that they're really really good. And then you know I went and did some digging and um, and then read up about what other people say about him, and there's just a lot of people that are really impressed with his ability as a coach. And I I think just looking at the numbers, looking at the stats and looking at everything that he's done for that program, I think it's a huge win for LSU considering the circumstances that they're in, which I'll get to in a second. But um, that's the main thing here is they got a really good coach. And so starting with that fundamental building block, I think does well for this team moving forward because we know Woodward's going to give them a, a pretty long leash, especially if sanctions do come down on the program. So, um, but the program as a whole, I think, is in a – that hasn't changed. The, the situation of the program hasn't changed. They're still in a really precarious spot where they're waiting on sanctions, you know, waiting for the investigation to end. You know, we don't know if there will be a postseason ban, if there will be a year or two. Like, it's just a tough situation. So um, I, I I go into this whole um, this new coaching uh, – this whole coaching change – with a very, very open mind of it maybe taking a year, two years, three years to get to get right, and then you hope to hit your stride. Matthew Bruni of 247 Sports has been our guest. Matthew, we appreciate you taking the time. Tell our listeners where they can find you on social media. Yeah, on Twitter, uh, at Matthew Bruni underscore, uh, at, and then at Go247. And then, yeah, uh, at, oh no. Go to go247.com is where you can find all of our content. Just posted a story with uh, some uh, stats and information on the new head coach. So, yeah. Fantastic. Matthew, appreciate you taking the time, man, and uh, have fun in the PMAC tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Matthew Bruni. We'll take a timeout. And when we come back, let's talk some Cajun softball. And then an interesting report coming out of the MLB. The Yankees accused of sign stealing? My, how the tables have turned. This is Crunch Time on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father's son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles as your ticket to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, and Megan The Stallion, just to name a few. That's the Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Win VIP passes from the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. An interesting headline came out this afternoon. MLB letter to the New York Yankees about sign-stealing allegations to be made public. So apparently, there was a 2017 news release from Rob Manfred that 
hid the full findings of what the Yankees had done. So the letter's impending release will reveal any differences between what Manfred said in public and what was revealed in private. Apparently, the letter contains proof of the team's alleged sign-stealing methods from 2017 when New York was busted for improperly using a dugout phone, and this was the same time that the Red Sox were found to be using Apple Watches to pick up on signals. So this could get very juicy because Yankees fans and Red Sox fans have been hounding the Astros for years now about being cheaters and you didn't really win the World Series and blah, blah, blah. Especially, I'm talking to you, Aaron Judge. Can you imagine, James, if the Yankees get busted for the same thing the Astros did? Now, I'm not saying it makes the Astros right. Okay, What they did was clearly not right. However, how are you going to talk mad crap for years and then do the same thing? And then find out you did the same thing right. at the same time. Right. You kid you kidding me. That is that's funny. That's that, so that's so on brand for the New York Yankees. <laughs> that's so on brand for the Yankees. Uh before we wrap up hour number one, the McNeese State Cowboys, eleven and ten on the year. They did win one out of three this weekend. They hosted Eastern Illinois Friday night three to two. They won on Saturday six to three, and then losing the finale seven to six. Tomorrow they will go to Nacogdoches, Texas, to take on Stephen F. Austin before coming back to Joe Miller Ballpark this weekend to play Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist off to a great start for this season. Uh, Lance Berkman really has their well maybe maybe I read something so they had a good series a couple weeks ago against Sacramento State Sacramento State number 23 in the country they did win 3 out of 4 so they're rolling in the right direction but first year head coach I thought they were having a better season than they were they're only 6 and 15 on the year um so my fault on that one. But again, you know, first year head coach, Lance Berkman obviously having a hell of a career in the MLB. He's got them on the right track. They've gotten some good key wins. McNeese kind of struggling a little bit since their loss to the Cajuns last week. So six o'clock Friday, six o'clock Saturday. 1 o'clock Sunday, their game tomorrow at Stephen F. Austin, scheduled for 6.30. McNeese softball, 12-14 and 14 so far this year. Uh, their most recent weekend series against Baylor, winning one out of three in Waco. 5-2, they won Saturday 5-4, to four, and then losing the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday, Three to nothing. Last weekend they did get a five inning victory over Southern, fourteen to one. This week they'll host Southern Miss at Joe Miller Field before going to Corpus Christi, Texas, to play the Islanders of Texas A and M Corpus Christi. Doubleheader Friday, one and three, and then twelve o'clock noon on Saturday. Hour number one coming to a close 
here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Hour number two, we're going to talk some Cajuns baseball. We're going to talk some Tigers baseball. We're going to talk some Pelicans with Jake Madison from Locked On Pels. And as always, we'll take your phone call, 706-0111. Go ahead and go hit that clock out button, hop in your vehicles, and come home and hang out with Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to hour number two, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Big hour here on the show, hour number two. We got some Cajuns baseball to talk about. It was not a pretty weekend in Troy, Alabama. Got some LSU baseball to talk. It wasn't a great weekend in Baton Rouge either. Um, Tigers only winning one out of three, and it didn't come until Sunday. You know, it's just, I don't know how else to put it into words other than both teams just kind of seem to be struggling right now. Um, Let's go to the game hotline. Chris joins the show. What's going on, Chris? Hey, buddy, I'm going to come on here like the American dream that the woes and ask y'all a question. What y'all think about y'all new quarterback for the New Orleans Saints for the next two years? Do y'all agree with um, with what happened today? Yeah. And, um, y'all, you think so? He's going to um, – I guess he was the best option we had right now. Um, he knows the playbook. Real quick, I wanted to say, though, when he went down, in my opinion, when he went down, when Devin White tackled him, and the season ended – for him the biggest question mark to me that was the biggest question mark for me in the saints offseason was did he do enough did Jameis winston do enough to warrant a new contract and uh yeah i just like y'all to go more a little bit in depth on that if y'all would and just thank y'all for taking my call and have a great day thank you hey appreciate the call chris um yeah you know in those seven games i think that Jameis winston did more than enough to to warrant a contract's uh, extension. I mean, 59% completion percentage, a little under 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns, only three interceptions, had a QBR of 102.8. I mean, and, and, and not to mention, we were 5-2. and two. So I, I personally, considering, like you mentioned, what other options did you have? I think he did more than enough to to warrant a uh, a contract extension. Because keep in mind, a good a good friend of mine brought this up to me earlier today. Keep in mind that we are only two years removed from Jameis leading the league in passing yards and touchdowns. Granted, he le- he also led the league in interceptions, but this guy's still a high level quarterback. And I actually want to pick piggyback off those interceptions because. When you saw what Jameis did, not just from the stats perspective, if you actually watched the game, you saw the first two games you felt like Sean was kind of holding him back, holding back the yep. play calling. And as t- as the games went along, he got more and more comfortable. You saw deeper and deeper passes in the passing game, and you saw more passes in general. 
So he was definitely taking steps forward before he tore his ACL and MCL. It was looking good. And the biggest concern that people were so worried about was the turnovers. How many interceptions is he going to throw? Right. Is he going to have 30 interceptions again? People were so worried about that, even though I don't. I, I guess I can understand it because you see it one time, you think maybe it could happen again. But that's such an anomaly. That's, that's such a one-of-a-kind thing that the fact that you're one-third into the season and he had three. His average, like his final stats projected, you were expected to see 40 touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions. From what we saw, yeah. he definitely deserves a new contract. Even though it was a smaller sample size than you wanted, you saw progress. You saw a lot. You saw him improve as a quarterback. You saw no him, question. He did have those one or two hiccups because you can't be perfect. We saw week two when he had a couple of, oh, Tampa Bay Jameis moments against the Panthers week right. two. You saw that. But other than that, the other five and a half games, he did really well. He improved. He looked good. He was patient. You saw a lot of good signs out of him. And I and I perfectly believe, if anything, I would have paid Jameis more than what he's getting. I would have gone $20 million. I would not have minded. But he's only getting paid on average 14 a year. So I am totally fine with this. Would I have liked Deshaun Watson? Yes, but that's because he's a top five talent. Other than that, Jameis is my number one option. I've been rocking with him even before Deshaun was an option. And with Deshaun obviously being the number one at that time, Jameis would have been my number two. So yeah. I've been I've been with Jameis since he signed with the Saints to be a backup. I've been wanting to see him start, and I want to see him start again. Interesting update with the Deshaun Watson trade. So Cleveland is now giving up six draft picks. It is now three first, a third, and two fourths. So it's your next three first, a fourth this year, a third next year, and then a fourth in 2024. And Houston will trade away Deshaun Watson and what is now a sixth round pick in 2024. Not a fifth rounder, like originally stated. So that's interesting. Um, but no, back to back to Cajuns baseball. Once again, going zero and three on the weekend. It started off Friday night seven to one. Troy was able to hit three two run home runs in this game. Um, they scored two in the second, two in the fourth, two in the sixth, and one in the third to make it a seven to one game. Garrett Gaines. The Sunbelt Freshman of the Year from a year ago getting the win. Tommy Ray being dealt the loss. Game two on Saturday. This was a game you really thought the Cajuns were going to have it. You know, you, you started off. It was deadlocked through the first three innings. The Cajuns scratch one out in the first. I mean, in the fifth, in the fourth, excuse me, two in the fifth. So it's three nothing before Troy puts a run on in the bottom of the fifth to make it 3-1. And then going into the bottom of the eighth, it's still 3-1. Cajuns were six outs away from winning that game. But what happens? You give up two solo home runs in the eighth. 
ties the game at three. You don't get anything in the top of the ninth. And then Troy comes back to bat in the bottom of the ninth. Walk-off solo shot. Talk about a gut punch. Grayson Stewart giving the win for Troy, 3-1 and one on the year. Jacob Schultz being dealt the loss in this game. A bright side for the Cajuns. Tyler Robertson was able to get his first home run of the season. And then Game 3 on Sunday, I really think that this game was just a continuation of you know, that, that gut punch from, from Saturday. 8-3 to three the final. Troy was able to get 3 in the second, 3 in the fourth, and 2 in the eighth. You, the one thing that you always say about baseball is never give up a three-run inning. You give up two. You're just not going to win that way. Cajuns respond with one in the fourth and two in the sixth, but that would be all they get. Bay Witcher getting the win, two and one. Jeff Wilson being dealt the loss. He drops to one and one on the year. And then Grayson Stewart, the winner from Saturday, getting the save in Sunday's game. With the loss, the Cajuns dropped to 9-10 and 10 overall and 0-3 and in Sunbelt play. They were supposed to take on Nichols tomorrow night from Thibodeau, but due to the inclement weather coming into town, it will now be Wednesday at 6.30 from Ray Didier Field in Thibodeau. Looking at some season statistics for the Cajuns, Carson Rockefort is still your most consistent hitter, batting 385 on the year, 25 base hits, three doubles, two triples, three homers, 23 RBIs. Connor Kemple, 317. Keith Hood coming along at 309. Kyle DeBarge, the stud freshman at 268. Will Vaughn, you know, Matt Deggs talked about it today in the press conference. Will Vaughn has been a, a real shot in the arm for, uh, for this lineup. He stepped in in the injury absence of Max Marshock, who, according to Coach Deggs, and you know we'll have more from, from today's press conference tomorrow, but according to Coach Deggs, Marshock could very well be ready to go this weekend with their, home, their big home series against South Alabama. Um, and then looking at some pitching, Bo Bonds has been a guy that, has been really impressive, a 2.89 ERA, 2-1 and one on the year. Um, Jeff Wilson, you know, for, for obvious reasons, he's kind of been he's kind of been thrown into a starting role, although it appeared he would be a, a bullpen guy for most of the year. 24 and two-thirds innings pitched, giving up 24 hits, 14 runs, 8 walks, 25 strikeouts. He did have that complete game, 10 strikeout performance against Houston. Two weekends ago, Drew Shiflett was a guy that Matt Deggs really thought could kind of, you know, propel the weekend rotation. You, you started him out that first Friday of the year. He started as the Friday starter, and he did okay. Um, has been relief appearances for Shiflett ever since. An eight point four nine ERA and eleven and two thirds innings, nineteen hits, eleven runs, six walks, and fourteen strikeouts. Deggs mentioned it today. You know, this is a team that is losing the gimme battle. And when he says gimme battle, he means walks hit by pitches and errors. They're being, he called it, they're being way too generous. And they're putting themselves in bad situations. 
and they're they're struggling to respond. And the way the Sun Belt Conference is, is built this year with teams like South Alabama, Troy, Coastal Carolina coming along, Georgia Southern, you can't just give free runs to these teams. You, you saw it this weekend. You give too many free runs, you're going to get swept. And you just you just can't get swept in in home in, in conference series, home or the road. You got to win at least one. So uh, definitely not the start that that Matt Deggs and company were looking for this weekend in Troy. But again, Wednesday night in Thibodeau, they will play Nichols at six thirty before hosting South Alabama at home this weekend. And any Cajuns fan knows that South Alabama in baseball no matter how successful either team is, is a whole lot of fun. Friday night, 6 o'clock first pitch. Saturday, 2 o'clock first pitch. And a Sunday, 1 o'clock first pitch from MLT Moorefield at Russo Park. We'll take a time out, and when we come back, we'll talk some Cajun softball and some LSU baseball as well. Jake Madison joins us at 5.30 to talk to Pels. And as always, we're taking your phone call 706-0111. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 21st, 2019, in a 5-4 victory over the Oakland A's in Tokyo, Seattle Mariners star right fielder Ichiro Suzuki finishes his pro career with a record 4,367 base hits, playing in both the NPB and MLB. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. And that's because once you become a member of our awards club, you will have the opportunity to win some great prizes, like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood. But you'll only be able to win this $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Take your lady out. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take your lady out? She deserves it. And who knows, maybe take her out on a date. She'll stop nagging you so much. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me guys and Mesh right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. LSU baseball opened SEC play at the box this weekend. First game, 6-4. to four. They fell to... Texas A&M, second game 11 to 7, and then they finally won game 3, 7 to 6. This was a weird game for the Tigers on Friday night. Blake Money did not get the start. Uh the Tigers ended up turning to Ty to Ty Floyd in this game who only went two innings, three hits, gave up two runs, one walk and one strikeout. Grant Taylor doing the brunt of the work. Four innings pitched, two hits, no runs, one walk, one K. This game really got away from the Tigers. It wasn't until late. You know, it wasn't until the ninth inning. Uh, it, was, it was kind of a back-and-forth game all the way through. Uh, the Tigers scored a run in the first, 
and then Texas A&M hitting two home runs in the second to make it 2-1. to one. LSU answering with home runs in the fourth and fifth to make it 3-2. And then from there, A&M was able to score two runs in the seventh and two in the ninth to seal the deal on Friday. 11-7 on Saturday. Texas A&M scoring two in the second, fourth, and fifth, and then adding four in the ninth. It was 7-7 going into the ninth. And they scored four runs in the ninth to walk away victorious in that game as well. And then Sunday, LSU finally getting on the right track, winning 7-6. LSU scoring six runs in the middle innings, two in the fourth, two in the fifth, two in the sixth, to walk out of Alex Box, at least with some sense of of positivity with the win on Sunday the Tigers improved to 15 and 5 on the year they will host Louisiana Tech it is now on Wednesday uh their game has also been rescheduled due to the weather coming in to Louisiana tomorrow um, so they will play Wednesday at 6:30 from Alex Box Stadium you know, this weekend after these games, we got some audio from from Jay Johnson, and one of the one of the things that that he touched on was here was his message to the to the team. Playing the game with better fundamentals that we've shown at times throughout the year, competing and uh, the right kind of character and, and disposition. You know, it's Sundays a lot of times uh, end up like that. I mean. Yeah, you know, the character is is a big thing in baseball. If if you don't have you know the right mindset, baseball's baseball's definitely a major mental game. If you you know, Saturday's game is a perfect example. It was 7-7 going into the ninth and it it appears at least on paper that that LSU didn't have the Mental fortitude, I guess, to to get it done. I mean, giving up, giving up four runs in the ninth, and then not being able to respond yourself. Um, that that's definitely something that's going to take time. It's it's a young roster. It's a first year coaching staff, and especially from a conference standpoint, the SEC is a brutal baseball conference. I mean, Florida, A&M, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia, Arkansas. It's a gaunt... Vanderbilt. It's a gauntlet. Um, so again, LSU playing Louisiana Tech on Wednesday, and then next weekend they will travel to Gainesville to play Florida this weekend. 6 o'clock, 5.30, and noon are your start times for their games this weekend. And that kind of leads into the next audio from Jay Johnson. The season's not slowing down. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a couple times. Maybe guys trying to do too much, carrying a, a heavy burden out there, I mean, not playing with enough confidence. Got to play good to, to play with confidence. The season's not going to slow down. I mean, there's guys that I think that uh, will make money playing baseball. They're are part of those mistakes, and trust me, they want to play better. And um, we'll just keep working, working at it until they do. 
And then you know, going back to the to the Jay Johnson thing, one one other thing he touched on, it, it's the same message that we just talked about with UL baseball. You're not going to win games giving up free bases. I mean, you're not going to win a game against a quality opponent with 12 free bases. I don't even know if we hit any guys. Um, can't remember right now. But uh, 12 free bases. I know they had another stolen base or two in there as well, so that's 14. Miracle to be at 7-7. In the- Before we take a break, be sure to go to the Twitter page at game underscore Louisiana and vote on our daily poll question. Who has the better hair on crunch time out of me and James? So far, 11 of you have voted. We could do better than that. We could do better than that. I know that there's more than 11 people listening to this show right now. Please go to the Twitter page and vote. So far, I've got a pretty commanding lead. James, you worried about that at all? Not really, because at the end of the day, I know who, who, the, oh. who has the better head of hair. Oh, he went there. I did. He went there. Indeed. 64% of the game audience says that I have the best hair, which those 64% are smart people. (laughs) The other 36% say James. Who, who Who is the one that tweeted, go vote for me, please? Oh, here Ooh. we. You ready for this? You ready <laughs> okay. for this? Yeah, what you got? I've got a. I've got a comment via text message from my father. Oh, we know who has the best hair. Is he gonna say himself? That'd have been funny. That would have, have been a plot twist. It, it would be funny if he had hair. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so it's like Ray, right? Okay. The, the the big bald beautiful one. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, you know, if, if you guys noticed, and you probably still notice if you look at the simulcast, I still have a little bit of a sunburn on my face. Last Sunday, I was out at the UL baseball game with my dad and my brother, and my dad, like I just mentioned, who was bald, forgot a hat. And so I gave him mine, and I got sunburned. You got to bring the lotion. I mean, the suntan lotion. You got to. So, Dad, thanks for that one. Um, now I've got raccoon eyes from my sunglass tan. It's a, it, it's a, it's an, it's a beautiful, a beautiful sight to behold. Uh, Jake Madison from the Locked On Pelicans Network will join us here in the next segment to talk about the Pels, talk about the contributions of CJ McCollum and how he's been able to almost single-handedly flip the team around as well as Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones and a multitude of others, but I'm seeing one more Twitter comment before we go to break and it is from my man Chico Rodriguez. Miguez had that flow. I think he's confusing me and you. I don't. I, mine's the one that's long and flowing. I still have the flow. I mean, look at this. It's it's beautiful. It's like a river current. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
All right, and with that one, we'll take a timeout. <laughs> Here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, and like I said, when we come back, Jake Madison from the Locked On Pels Network will join us to talk about the Pels and their playoff push. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The Pelicans. Oh man, the Pelicans. Getting a big win over Atlanta last night, 117 to 112. To improve to 30 and 41 on the year, Atlanta falls to 35 and 36. Only about 11 games to go in the regular season before the play in, but as it stands right now, the Pelicans are the nine seed, which means that they would have a clear spot in the play in tournament. Play in tournament being 7, 8, 9, and 10. The Pelicans have a big game tonight against Charlotte. 6 o'clock tip-off, and to talk about that with us is a guy from the Locked On Pelicans Network and a Pelicans connoisseur, Mr. Jake Madison. Jake, good afternoon, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, absolutely. Looking at the Pelicans, obviously the big headline today is Zion Williamson being shut down for the season. I want to ask you, say the Pelicans find their way out of the play-in and, and get themselves into a playoff series. Does that does that opinion on Zion change at all? Or, or is he shut down regardless? No, I, I don't think it's really going to change much. I don't think they would risk his long-term future for what you could be looking at just simply being four games if you're getting swept out of the first round. I think certainly this year hasn't gone as expected for him in his rehab, and this was the expected course of action that the Pelicans would take. Nothing's official, of course, just yet, and they have been kind of hesitant to give updates like that, but certainly don't expect to see him out there on the court. And they're thinking with his long-term health in mind, they want him to have a 20 year career so they're not going to rush him back just for a four game playoff series that they're not expected to win yeah no 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 question about it looking at the pelicans game last night their win over atlanta 117 to 112 to put themselves in that ninth spot you know looking at the stat sheet real quick jonas valanciunas 26 and 12 jackson hayes 12 and 12 mccollum scoring 25 Six players in double figures. It's really hard to to lose when uh, when you have those kinds of numbers. How important was this win from a confidence standpoint to to slowly start to separate yourself from the Lakers? 
Yeah, you know, I think this is arguably one of their biggest wins of the season and coming off the heels of just totally dismantling the San Antonio Spurs, a game that this team really actually had to win that was truly a must-win for them. I think it was important. It showed that they can win a tough game without Brandon Ingram against a quality enough opponent. The Atlanta Hawks aren't what they were last year, but this is a team that has definitely struggled without Brandon Ingram in the lineup and needing other guys to step up to help this team get some victories. And you saw it. You mentioned Valanciunas and his stat line being able to step up and take advantage of a smaller front court for the Atlanta Hawks. They didn't have John Collins in this one, one of their better rebounders and one of their better big men. And the Pelicans took advantage and it was part of their game plan. Jackson Hayes had a very strong game too, as well as a guy like uh, Billy Hernan Gomez off of the bench who doesn't get his number called all the time was able to go out and score. So I think this is one of those wins that can build a lot of confidence for the team that can kind of show this team they're more than just Brandon Ingram and some other players. And they did it while C.J. McCollum scored 25 points, but he had a very, very poor shooting night, and they still managed to beat this quality team on the road who had been surging a little bit. I think they had won seven straight home games Atlanta Hawks had done. So this was a solid win for New Orleans that shows, hey, maybe we should be the favorite for the play-in tournament and be looking to go at least into the first round of the postseason. Yeah, you mentioned Willie Hernan Gomez, 17-10 and 10 off the bench for the Pelicans, and McCollum's poor shooting night, 9 of 26. Uh, chatting with Jake Madison from the Locked on Pels Network. You mentioned Brandon Ingram's injury. What What's the latest on B.I.? Because um, like you mentioned, the Pelicans the Pelicans seem to be struggling a little bit without him. What's the What's the timetable for his return? You know, he, he's not going to be playing in this game tonight that's tipping off uh, in a couple of minutes. He's still going to be out with that hamstring. They're going to take it slowly with him. I think one thing they've learned from him this season is that, you know, unless he's 100% healthy, he actually really struggles out there on the court. He's missed 21 games so far this season, and in a couple of games where he's tried to play through injury, it's been like he isn't there, and they don't want to put the rest of the team in a situation where you have this guy that you're supposed to be feeding the ball to, and he's just not able to give you what he normally can give you, and all of a sudden your game plan on the fly has to change, and that's been a big part of the problem. So I wouldn't expect to see him play until he is just 100% healthy, not 98%, not 99 but 100%. You know, I think he'll be back when they start to play on Thursday, taking on the Chicago Bulls. He might miss that game, but certainly expect him to be in the line I would guess for the game against the San Antonio Spurs on Saturday. Yeah, you know, talking about the schedule, they're at Charlotte tonight. That game tipping off at 6 p.m. And then you just mentioned the three game homestand Chicago, San Antonio, and the Lakers coming to the blender this weekend. Talking about tonight's game with Charlotte, the last time they played each other back on March 11th, it was a 142 to 120 victory for Charlotte. What are the keys to victory for the Pels? you know, to, to avenge that loss and, and to keep rolling towards the play-in? Yeah, you know, Charlotte's a team that they match up very favorably with. And that game, that loss uh, a couple weeks ago in the Smoothie King Center was really disappointing as they weren't able to just take advantage of their strengths. I think, you know, you're going to see another big Jonas Valanciunas game right here. This is a team, Charlotte Hornets, that just don't have any sort of depth at center. They don't really have anyone who would even be able to remotely 
slow down Valentino. So I'm expecting that they're going to try and get him the ball early and often to really kind of establish some dominance inside and then open things up for some of their other players and make their lives a little bit easier, I would say. But you're also going to need some defense, and that's been a big problem for the Pelicans the past couple of weeks. But now you're on back-to-back games where you're forcing turnovers, where you're getting steals, and you're causing some disruption and havoc. And you saw in the first quarter of last night's game against um, the as I blank on who they played last night, um, they they got nine steals in that first quarter, which let them get out to that big lead over the Atlanta Hawks, and they were able to maintain that win. If you don't get that strong first quarter start, that's a team that's going to probably struggle a little bit. So getting some defense, guys like Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, getting out there, grabbing some steals, getting your arms in the passing lanes, I think is going to be a real big key to the victory tonight. Chatting with Jake Madison from the Locked on Pels Network. Talking about that Charlotte game earlier this month, Trey Murphy scoring 32 to lead the Pelicans in that contest. Do you think we see a similar performance from the shooting guard tonight? You know, I'm not sure if you'll see that kind of breakout game. He had a number of threes in that one. That was a really big part of it. But you're starting to see a little bit of ramp up in his level of play. You know, this is a guy who's been stuck on the bench for the majority of the year, but slowly they've been giving him more minutes in an increased role. And he's doing things that are are right every time he's out there on the court, and I think that's going to be a big thing for his career and his development. I'm not expecting that they're going to really look for him to repeat that performance against Charlotte, but you'll see him out out there on the court, hopefully making some great plays. He's been working really well off ball, making some nicely timed cuts, being able to drive a little bit, get baseline into the teeth of the defense, which is going to collapse him and just make life easier for his teammates. If he can do a little bit of that, I think the Pelicans are going to be in good shape tonight. Looking to the future, especially this offseason, um, what, what can you tell us about the Pelicans' offseason plans? Is there is there free agents? Is there a hole in the Pelicans' lineup that needs to be addressed, whether it be the draft or free agency? You know, what what are the plans for the Pelicans? You know, the first thing that they're going to do is offer Zion Williamson presumably a, a max contract that he's going to be eligible for, a max extension, and wait to see if he signs it. That won't impact their salary cap for next year as he's still on his rookie deal, but that's going to kind of give you an idea of is he here long-term or not and what are his intentions with this franchise. And if he signs that deal, you take a big sigh of relief and can really start to plan towards the future. But if he doesn't, it's going to prompt a whole lot of other discussions over at the Pelicans front office on Airline Drive. That's going to be the first piece of business. You know, after that, they're probably not going to be very active in the draft. They're likely not going to have a first-round pick. They have a number of seconds that I think they're going to look to try and package and maybe just move away from. And they're left with minimal dollars to spend in free agency. I think they'd like to add a little bit more depth at the guard position. Certainly, C.J. McCollum has been huge for them there. But I think they'd like another true point guard that can really come in, organize the offense. That had been a really big problem for them this season, just the lack of dynamic guard play till they got C.J. McCollum. You have Jose Alvarado, who, who you know adds a little bit of that, but still a little bit undersized, still a, uh, you know an undrafted rookie finding his way. And so I think they want to add another guard. Yeah, that that definitely, you know, like you mentioned, CJ McCollum has been a been a huge addition. But beyond Devontae Graham, they they do seem to be lacking a a, a true point guard to to run this offense. Now, one last question I'll ask you, and it's going back to the Zion Williamson situation if he does not sign that max extension do you think the pelicans immediately look to trade him 
No, but I think they're going to have some conversations about it. I think they'll start throwing out some feelers to other teams, and I think it then just might be, hey, are you waiting to sign this next year because it'll still be on the table, or do you just not want to be here, and it's at this point that you need to give us an answer about what you want to do and the way you want your future to go. If he says, I'm not sure, I think they might look to make kind of a preemptive move try and trade him while he's going to have the most value around a league, which is going to be when he's on his rookie deal, knowing that a team that can trade for him will be able to sign him to a really kind of cheap extension in a sense. And if he says, no, I'm just waiting, I really do want to be here, but you need to kind of prove things to me a little bit more, they might roll the dice on that a little bit. But certainly it kind of changes the trajectory of next season, and they're going to at least start to have those conversations around the league. Jake Madison from the Locked On Pels Network has been our guest. Jake, I appreciate you taking the time, man. And before you run, tell everybody where they can find your stuff on social media. Yeah, of course. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake and the Locked On Pels podcast, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Just search Locked On Pels and you'll find it. Fantastic, Jake. Appreciate you taking the time, man. And uh, we'll talk to you down the line. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Jake Madison from the Locked On Pels Network. We'll take one more timeout. And when we come back, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll get you set up for tomorrow right here on The Game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. About five minutes left here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It is, has been made official. Matt McMahon, a Naismith National Coach of the Year semifinalist who led Murray State to their first 18-0 season in Ohio Valley Conference history has been named the 25th head coach of LSU men's basketball. According to Woodward, it was essential for us to hire a coach with a winning standard of performance as well as the consistency and character to elevate our men's basketball program to new heights. Matt is exactly what we were looking for. His vision for our program and his values as a leader align perfectly with ours as an institution, and he has a proven track record of identifying talent, developing student-athletes, and building championship basketball programs. We are excited to welcome Matt, Mary, and their three children to Baton Rouge. We are ready to work together to write the next championship chapter for LSU basketball. Final results of our poll question. James is not going to be happy about this one. According to the world, yes, I said the world, I have better hair. I've said it from the jump. I've always known it. But now there's proof. 58.8% said Matt. 41.2% said James. I win, you lose. Goodbye. (laughs) Got nothing to say? Nothing? Not even a little bit? You can produce the show now. (laughs) (laughs) He said you don't need me. You got this. Um, also another quick update I want to, I want to send out, um, due to severe weather throughout Acadiana tomorrow, multiple schools in the area will be closed. All Lafayette Parish schools will be closed. Um, Iberia Parish schools will be closed as well, as well as Calcasieu Parish schools in Lake Charles, St. Landry Parish and St. Mary Parish and Vermilion Parish as well. Um, so everybody be safe tomorrow. 
with this severe weather coming. LSU has a new basketball coach. The Saints have their quarterback. What a day. James, do the Pelicans win tonight? Ooh. I say yes. I say yeah. Because they were so close to getting that coveted five-game winning streak, and they fell just one game short. I think they'll actually be able to get that five-game winning streak, and this would be number three in line. So I say they may catch Lonzo Ball, or LaMelo Ball, I should say, sleeping, and I think they are able to beat the Hornets tonight. Interesting. Uh, One more update on the Matt McMahon situation. He has released a statement. I'm excited to join the best athletic department and the most iconic brand in all of college sports. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me. LSU officials have picked up McMahon and his family in Kentucky, and they will arrive in Baton Rouge tonight. So they're ready to get right to work in Baton Rouge. Uh, Tomorrow's show, we're going to have audio from Matt Deggs and Jerry Glasgow from the press conference today. Uh, We'll preview some, we'll preview the midweek games for both LSU and UL baseball. We will talk some more Saints because with the way that things have been happening lately, I'm sure something will happen again in the next 24 hours. We'll hopefully have some more updates on. That Yankee situation, very interesting. Uh, I feel like, as as an Astros station, that is something that needs to needs to be discussed. And we will, as always, take your phone calls here on the game hotline seven zero six zero one one one. But that's going to do it for this edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Everybody have a great night. Be safe. Be well. Hug your mom and them. Stay dry tomorrow. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. You have a great night.